no matter if I'm on my worst, if it's my worst day or if I'm having a bad day, I'm going to still find a way to be positive about it. It doesn't matter what it is. That's that's what keeps a smile on my face. I'm still on this earth living. I, I'm, I'm, I, it has to be a reason why I'm still walking the path on earth the way I am. Like I, I'm destined to have, I'm, I'm destined to something. I may not know what it is, but I'm here to walk the path to something. And I'm, I'm gonna keep going until my time is up. Hello and welcome to this episode of Tinker Talks, the audio format podcast that talks about everything inside the fence of Tinker Air Force Base. I am April McDonald, your host for this episode, and I am thrilled to be joined today by Senior Airman. Is that right, Senior Airman? Yes, ma'am. Rokia Turner and her mom, Andre King. We are over Skype, so... um, Hopefully, this will come out okay whenever you're listening to it. So, are you guys doing all right this evening? Yes. Yes. Yes, doing great. Good. Good. Well, thank you so much for joining us. So, Aaron Turner, um, how long have you been and what do you do at Tinker? I have been in the military for four years, coming up on five. It will be five years in October. Um, I am a paralegal in the Air Force. I work with attorneys, <laughs> real life attorneys. Some people think they're fake. I don't know why. <laughs> um, but we both <laughs> are like attorneys. Um, I jump back and forth. I work in the civ law area where I deal with just the kind of the easy aspect of work, just answering calls, doing notaries, wills, POAs, and stuff for people. And then we get the fun, nitty gritty side of it, which is our military justice part where we prosecute personnel who tend to get in trouble on the base or, or within the, or, or even outside of the base. But that's kind of just the sum up and summary of what I do. All right. And you stay very busy, I am sure. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Andre, what do you do? I'm in Where medical. do you work? I am in, in med- medical. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been for the last 17 years. I'm a phlebotomist. And um, it's gotten really very, very interesting here in the last three years since the pandemic hit. Oh, I bet. I bet. No offense, but having my blood drawn just makes my knees weak. And I just, I don't even want to think about that. Oh, I, I understand that. I don't think you get used to it. <laughs> not not very fun so um i have not mentioned yet what the topic of this podcast is and that is for a reason so um andre can you tell us about the where you were and and what you were doing and how april 19th 1995 started for you uh yeah let me see if i can i can jog my memory um I was at work that morning, actually, Uh, not in medical, but I worked for, I worked for an agency that dispatched um, vehicles to pick up women 
uh, like like uh, single mothers to help them get to the appointments. Other, you know, they didn't have rides or anything. So I was kind of like an operator, and I worked inside of the YMCA building. Okay. Like right across the street from the mirror building. All and, right. Um, that morning when that happened, I didn't know what happened because I didn't hear anything. I just felt glass hit my face. And I oh, just wow. cuts on the side of my face. I sat next to a window, a big, huge window. Um, and it, it blew me out my chair. I hit the floor. I didn't know. I think it just kind of disoriented me for a little bit because I was kind of distraught. You know, it was smoke in the air and I, I couldn't see my hands in front of my face. And when I went to get up, I tripped. And fell back down. And then I started hearing a lot of, there was other people that worked in the building with me. And we was on the um, sixth floor. And I started hearing a lot of just commotion. And so somebody came to me to get me out of the room that I was in. And we couldn't get down the hallway. It was like big, like demolition in the hallway. Mm. Yeah, just big rocks of cement, and it, it was horrible. It was horrible. Uh, we get to the um, the end of the hallway, and they tell us. I just hear voices. I can't. I can't see anybody, and I just hear voices. And I hear them say that we cannot take the stairs, we or the elevator, because I took the elevator up to my job every morning. We couldn't get on the elevator. That we had to take the stairs. Um, then there was nobody else around me anymore, and I didn't know how I was going to get down the stairs. Oh, my the gosh. I thought was Rukia, and I was like, I got to get to my baby. I got to get to my baby. That's the only thing I thought about. And so I reached the stairs, and it was like there was no staircase. And oh. the, there was no staircase. All of the cement. And all of everything looking up, you know, it just looked like the like the building had caved in. Excuse me, baby. No, like the baby had, like the um building had just collapsed from the inside or something. Oh wow! Yeah. All of a sudden, I was at the bottom of the stairs, the stairwell. I don't know how I got down there. I felt like I glided. I just felt oh. a gl um. I finally get to the bottom. I reach the outside and I'm looking for Kia. And when I can't find Rakia, I go to the daycare where she was, which was right up underneath me on the first floor. Um, and then they had all the children sitting outside on the curb at the opposite end of the corner of from where I was standing. I located Rakia really quick. I had her dressed in like a um a red. Polka no, it was a sweatsuit. It was a top okay. and bottom. <laughs> she had she had pigtails all over her head. I think about four or six of them, and um, she was the only one in that red. I spotted her really quick. He is very um happy, and she has like a real bubbly spirit, and 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 she smiles all the time, right? And I can just remember yes. that, that that day though, when I got to her. 
I started crying because it hurt me to see her face not the way I remembered it. Like she was hurt and she wasn't she wasn't smiling. She just oh. looked very, very preoccupied. Um, it was like a zoo downtown on Fifth Street. It was people everywhere, mm -hmm. ambulance everywhere, <clears throat> fire trucks everywhere. It, it was horrible. And then when I got her, um, she never said a word, never, ever said a word. Then they yelled out, move closer. We got to move again because there's another bomb that's set to go off. Oh, my gosh. The other, the other end. And we moved. Bomb never went off. But hmm. uh, it was horrific. It was horrific. I, I can't we, even imagine. Yeah, um, my mom was trying to find us at the same time. She said she heard about it. She's a professor at OU. Um, and she said it was the, the her trying to get downtown it was like going through an obstacle course. They had everything blocked off and she just had to, but she got there the same way I got down those stairs and didn't know how I got down to <laughs> It eventually made it to us. And she said, she's not really sure how she made it to us, but she did. Kid didn't say a word until we finally got to the hospital. We finally reached the hospital and they started messing with her finger. Yeah. My finger is like, oh. this right here was split in half and they literally had to put it back on and attach throw it back up same thing with her oh my ear goodness and back in her head where she has had a lot of stitches and they had to cut her hair because it was the way she was standing towards the window so when it went off everything came in on the side so however you were standing towards the window that's where it hit you that's it got where it side of my you know my face and i, I right in my hand and um yeah i do too it's my whole left hand on my wrist yeah um glass marks fingers glass marks on my knuckles and yeah oh um, yeah her ears were cut it's, it, it was weird because i think her ears were were like cut like right here on the edge both of them in the same area same place just sliced they had to oh. yeah how odd so, was standing with her back towards the window and it came right. Yeah. Right. Um, wow. That glass, though, I'll tell you, when he took it out of my, and my hand was swole like this. And I was like, I'm oh. not about me. Deal with my baby. Kid was about you. Yeah, it was one. It was, was a she, month before my birthday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. She was, she was going on too. And I was like, deal with Kia. And so, um, they dealt with Kia, and we, we got her, and then she started hollering when they started uh, messing with her finger. Up until the <laughs> word for her finger, then she started screaming. Um, after we got her settled, then they looked at my hand. They took some glass out of here, but the glass on my palm, they told me they wasn't going to mess with it because it was going to work itself out. Uh -huh. When I knew that glass came out, it was like 15 years later. Yeah. Oh my gosh. 15 years really? later. Yeah. And it never bothered wow. me. Wow. Sutton 
the year that it was going to come out, I started feeling like an edge right here. And it was just bothering me. I was already working in the medical field. So the girl that was working with me, I was like, I got to, what is this? You know, we went to surgery on my hand. So we got some little tweezers and sterilized them and all that. Pulled the glass out of my hand. Oh, my gosh. And it's crazy because I actually have it in my house somewhere. I put it in like <laughs> I was going to ask, did you uh, yeah, I, it? I, I, it's in here somewhere. Um, uh, uh, yeah, and I put it in like a little, a little container and screwed the top on it, dated it and everything. Wow. 15 yeah. years later. He, he didn't tell me it was going to take it. <laughs> he never said, he just said it would work itself out. And it did, but it took a while. And in, in, in that time, um, you know, I wasn't occupied by it. I wasn't preoccupied or anything by it. I just let it go until it started working right. itself. And it started bothering me and it was scraping and everything I would touch, I would snag something because that piece. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it was. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> so I really thank God. You know what I'm saying? Um, I really give thanks to God and I am grateful for every day. Every day I wake up, every day she wake up, I have another daughter, a younger daughter. I have two daughters. Um, but yeah, for just watching over our lives and, and keeping us safe. Yes. For a long time. Miraculous. Yes, ma'am. And for a long time, though, um, I went through some kind of, because we, I went to therapy for a little bit because I just couldn't stop crying. And they was telling me something like it was remorse or something, because, you know, we lost a lot of lives during that time. And so they right. was trying to explain it to me how it was like survivor's remorse. And uh, mm -hmm. kids, we had to move. They moved us from one place to another because where we was living, um, airplanes, it was on the south side of Oklahoma City by Will Rogers. And planes took off from there all the time. And Kia just, she could not sleep. She cried all the time. It scared her. It kept her in fear. Mm -hmm. And so we ended up moved. That's when we moved out here to Midwest. Oh, mm -hmm. <laughs> they moved us out here. It totaled my car. They helped me get another car. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, I don't visit the memorial often. I hadn't been there in a while. Yeah, neither one of us. We haven't been since, yeah. like, what, since I've been in high school? Yeah. Because we run the marathon. We, we did. used to run the marathon quite a bit. Right, right. Um, And then, and so, I'm probably going to visit now, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> here in a same. little bit. But, you know, it's like when I go up in there, it's almost like everything just kind of hit me at one time with a lot of different thoughts. From that day, especially mm -hmm. towards the survivor plaque, yeah, and all the names. Yes, of yes. And to see, to look at it, and to see my name, to look at it, and to see Rakia's name, I don't have words. I just go into just you know being right. grateful. I don't have words for it. Yeah. 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 I know. Um, 
like most Oklahomans, you know, I can tell you exactly where I was and what I was doing. And I, and I can tell you, um, my, one of my biggest life changes came not because I was, you know, it's just seeing the building was, um, it made a huge difference in my life. Um, I was at a baseball game at the old 89er stadium that used to be at the fairgrounds and I could see the building in the background. This was in 95, you know, and before they um, imploded it and they were doing the national anthem and I stood there with the building and the flag and all that stuff. And that, that has been the biggest life changing moment for me because I realized then nothing really matters like with sports with all the little things and I use that memory to remind me that you know there's a bigger picture and I just need to focus on the bigger picture and not worry about all the small things yeah so I can't imagine being in the middle of it and and living it so anyway there there's my life-changing moment from that day (laughs) or from that time (laughs) well you know i will tell these years later what um it bothers me a little bit i will get in the elevator i start getting antsy and 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 anxious though if i feel like i'm in there too long it just comes over me oh i bet yeah it bothers me to sit up under overpass too long. Um, so little things like that. There's little uh, tri- little mm-hmm. trick. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. Something yeah, you just don't. Oh, go ahead. Well, but but yeah, and still, I was gonna say, you know, there's triggers, and and the fear comes but you know i just refuse to be frozen in time and 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 uh continue to be grateful for my life right right yeah that stuff that memory it 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 has not gone anywhere it has not gone anywhere yeah so rukia You were just a baby then, but did that experience lead you to your Air Force career? Um, not that experience. I wouldn't say that experience. We have relatives that's been in the military. (laughs) Okay. All right. (laughs) And and I think I think just the experience in people that I work with now that hear about it now, they're just like, oh wow, like that's the icing on the cake. Like you being a survivor and now you're in the military. <laughs> I know. It just seems like it was meant to be. <laughs> it, you never know. It probably was. <laughs> so um, your mom mentioned it earlier that you smile a lot and I've never seen anybody who smiles as much and as as wide and big. I love your smile. That's my that's my favorite thing. It just makes me happy when I see your smile. Yes. So, um, yes. 
(laughs) When you first told me that you were a survivor of the bombing, you talked about how that experience affects your daily attitude. And can you tell our listeners what keeps that smile on your face? Yes, I um, I'm not too fond on negativity and bad attitudes and stuff like that. Um, because knowing that I was a survivor at the age of one, um, who were you, Mama? Like 22, 20, mm-hmm. 22. Mm-hmm. Um, we both could have lost our lives at that age. Um, mm-hmm. our grandmother could have lost her first granddaughter and her second child. But to know that we survived that, I, I I seek forth, you can be gone from this earth any day. Like my mom said, she thanked God that we still here saying for myself. So I look at positivity throughout anything, no matter if I'm on my worst, if it's my worst day or if I'm having a bad day, I'm going to still find a way to be positive about it. It doesn't matter what it is. That's that's what keeps a smile on my face. I'm still on this earth living. I, I'm, I'm, I, it has to be a reason why I'm still walking the path on earth the way I am. Like I, I'm destined to have, I'm, I'm destined to something. I may not know what it is, but I'm here to walk a path to something. And I'm, I'm going to keep going until my time is up. Amen. Because you make the decision to, yeah, exactly. Ultimately, right? Exactly. Yeah. You have to choose it. You have to choose (laughs) it. Right. That's right. You do have to choose it. And I'm so glad that you have chosen that because your smile is infectious. Yes. (laughs) I'm just looking at you now. (laughs) Well, Thank you guys so much for talking to me today and and going back in time. Is there anything else that you would like to to add to this story that I have not asked you? Um, my mom does have a news newspaper article. Um, of when it happened. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> wow. In between moving and th- I have. My collectibles. It's not a lot, but I do have some stuff. I just, it's just not in my, in my view right now. But remember, do you remember Donahue? Um, talk show host. I think he's out of New York. The the talk show. Uh huh. Mm hmm. And you remember, you remember, um, Lisa Gibson? Yes. Talk show host, and then Roseanne Barr. She was also a talk show host for a little bit. Uh-huh. Okay. We interviewed yes. all three of them at that. Oh, at that, how fun! Yes, at that time. So Don, uh, Phil Donahue came here to Oklahoma City, and before they tore uh, tore down the building, the Murray Building, you know, before they really demolished mm-hmm. it, um, we did an interview right in front of that building. With okay, them. that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. It it was it it had mixed feelings, you know, because they were still kind of looking for 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 people. And, right. Um, it was almost like an eerie feeling down there, but still, it was done in, in front of that. And then Lisa Gibson, she was on the West Coast at the time, so we flew out there and we did her 
her talk show, as well as Roseanne Barr's talk show. And we have- oh, Wow. And so we got to visit family as well. You know, they gave us an open ticket and we was able not only to go do the interviews, but to also visit family as long as we wanted to and, you know, before we came back here. So, you know, that was kind of nice. nice. Yeah. And I should have had all this stuff for, for this. <laughs> we could still go we show Miss April. <laughs> <laughs> we could still okay. go show her. I'm going to dig it up. I'm, I'm going to see what I can find. All right. So you can see okay. exactly. I'd like to yeah. see that. Yeah. I'd like to see that. I mean, that, you know, that's a cool, like a bucket list item, you know, be on a national talk show, not probably necessarily for the reason that, that you would have liked. Right. 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 You know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just a baby. Oh Oh my goodness. (laughs) 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 Well. Thank you both again. If there's nothing else you'd like to add, we can we can close it here and you can go on about your evening. But I do so very much appreciate you sitting down with me tonight and talking about this. Yes. So, um, you know, it's, it's, yeah. a, it's therapeutic in a way. Oh, good. good. So um, it goes dormant and it, and it sits for a minute, you know, and then. You know, you don't really get through things and get over things if you're going to get over them until you deal with it in its presence, right? So this right. has been years ago. And so it's kind of been tucked away and it's helped a little bit to talk about it. Oh, good. You know, so yeah. So thanks for having good. us. Oh, you're very, very welcome. Thank you so much for joining me and listeners thank you for tuning in i hope you've enjoyed this episode you can find us on apple and spotify wherever you listen to podcasts and also follow us on social media it's um on facebook and instagram at uh, tinker air force base and on twitter we are at team underscore tinker thanks for listening have a great day bye god bless everybody <laughs>